Welcome to the Ham and Egg pregame show, week eight edition. My name is Drew Forbes. Derek Black. What's up, guys? Marcus Anthony here. Hey, so uh, we're going to start it off with a cliche. What a wild week of football <laughs> last week. Um, just so everyone knows, we did attempt to record a podcast last week. We had some technical difficulties, ended up having to scrap it. Uh, but hopefully you all caught up and read um, Marcus's article. Uh, Marcus, your thought on your performance last week? Um, it was painful all around. It was actually one of the, like, the tougher weeks. Um, some games just couldn't figure out. But uh, fortunately, I went all in on the Rams, and that really was my make or break. So um, I was made last week. How much did you bet on the Rams? Um, I had... When Sunday morning came rolling around, I had well over $1,000 riding through the Rams. See, I, to be honest, I, I couldn't believe that line last week. I, I legitimately could not believe that shit. Um, what was it, minus three? Yeah, well, well, truthfully, what made me jump was when uh, Jalen got traded to the Rams, I assumed that line was going to just blow up. So I went all in immediately, and uh, nothing happened at all. The odds changed a little bit. But, man, man, does he make a difference. Blew up in what way? So, as the lines move, which we're going to talk about later, odds change. Right. Um, But the way that it stood, it started at uh, minus three was the line, and minus 150 was the, um, like, the juice. So, meaning you had to pay $150 to get a But when you say minus 150 for our followers, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so if you paid made a $150 bet that was to win $100, that one really only moved to 160 uh, to win 100 bucks. I was truthfully expecting that line to jump three, three and a half points, four points as soon as Jalen came. But uh, it didn't move, but it worked out well for me. Yeah, so there it is, folks. Don't just pay attention to the line. Uh, there's a lot more at work uh, with with gambling, and uh, I would highly recommend you read Marcus's articles. He's on a pretty hot streak this year, um, and he knows what he's talking about. Uh, if you're only looking at lines and you're and you're just trying to determine your, your games purely based on that, uh, you're not utilizing all the stats at at, at your disposal. You're definitely going to be in trouble. Derek, what about you, man? Had had your first losing week of the year. Yeah, uh, so I, I think we'll talk about this a little bit more, just kind of the parity in the NFL right now. Uh, the fact that some teams come out, and, and I was not expecting Houston to not really – they didn't really look like they were in that game at all, start to finish. Um, there, there's some teams, I, I think, just kind of either identity crisis or just the way matchups work with, with different units. Uh, but a lot of these divisions are still very, very, very wide open. It's 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 been a wild NFL year. I mean, there's really no team that's really running away with it. The the two teams that are lossless, um, I would say there's some flaws with both those teams. Uh, the the most dominant team, which we're going to talk about later, uh, might be the Saints, even with a backup quarterback. So how terrifying is that? Yeah. Well, let's just go ahead and jump right into this. So first game of the week, guys. Uh, Tampa Bay. We're, we're all looking for rebound weeks. Um, Tampa Bay at Tennessee. Tennessee's favored by two and a half at home. Uh, Marcus, what, what's your take on this game? Man, I really, really hate to say it. And, and at this point, Tampa Bay is my ace game, my ace in the hole. Um, coming off a of bye week, coming off a you know tough little stretch, they're actually very dominant against the run, which is what exactly what the Titans are going to be relying on, getting Derrick Henry the ball early and often. Um, for me, it's statement time. And as of right now, we'll, we'll see as we evaluate through the week. Uh, get different numbers, different stats, but uh, as of right now, they are my uh, my go-to game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm in the same boat. I think there there's not. I, I can't think of another team that probably needs a win as much as Tampa does. Uh, if they don't get the ship right this week, then I, I think they could be in trouble for the entire season, um, especially heading to you know trade deadline time. It's it's kind of a, a nut up or shut up kind of time for Tampa. So I think there's an opportunity for them to do it. We kind of kind of a. Uh, it sucks that we're not going to get the full on. Jameis versus Mariota Bowl, um, with with Mariota being benched uh, for for Ryan Tannehill, and possibly the last one. Right, could have been the last one. Uh, there, there's a possibility that one or both of them is not uh, a starter for their team, which is, is just crazy to think about. Especially with you know with how the analysts came out. Um, I always thought they were too high on Mariota. I was never Team Mariota. Accurate arm, yes, but no arm strength and, and no just the decision making. I think that's like the hardest thing for people to judge. 
um, in college systems when you run a lot of uh, one or two receiver routes. If you played a dominant school that has a lot of athletes and can get people wide open, you don't really notice the decision-making as much. Um, and I think that's where Mariota falls short. But I definitely i am going to take Tampa here. Yeah, um, I'm definitely taking Tampa, and I like, I like all your guys' points on it. Uh, I'm taking Tampa for the bye week. Uh, you know, Jameis seems to bounce back big time when he has the games that he had against Carolina a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and it, if you look at his career historically, whenever he has a bad game, he always comes back with a really strong game. He's got a better coach in, in place right now. Um, I really like Tampa this week. Uh, I think they win the game outright. Same. Um, but Ryan Tannehill, an, an undeniable improvement uh, because I think that the Titans, uh, the roster is good. Um, it's you know they, they they got some talent on defense. Uh, they have a lot of weapons on offense. Um, I think that from a fantasy perspective, be very happy that Tannehill took took over because it's very obvious that Corey Davis is much better under him. I still have a lot of faith in Corey Davis. I think that he has just been wasted up to this point in his career. Yeah. Do you think it's something similar to the Carolina situation where you got your ace quarterback Cam Newton and Mariota, so now you have to run a scheme around them? But now you can run your scheme around utilizing your skill players, which is what they're going to have to do with Tannehill. It's a completely different skill set than Mariota has, which is obviously the same thing in Carolina. The Kyle Allen's not running read option, uh, which is what Carolina you know, made it made a uh, living off of for a while. So you think it's just kind of a similar situation that's going to open up the ball? Yeah, because they uh, can run an offense and not a gimmick. Correct. You know, because they, they're, they're constantly catering to, to, to uh, Mariota's uh, weaknesses rather than catering to the offense's strengths. Yeah. So I, I think that it's undeniable. You know, you just get a guy that's kind of like a game facilitator in Tannehill. And who knows? I mean, you know, a lot of people were really high at Tannehill one, one time. Maybe hit him getting juggled around all those offenses in Miami, maybe it just fucked him up. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, it's definitely an interesting game. I, I like it a lot. So we're going to go to trade rumors at the deadline and waiver wire pickups uh, that a team should make. So I want to go to each of you. Well, let's start with Derek. So give me one trade rumor. Uh, I'm sorry, not even trade rumor. Give me a trade that you think should happen in the NFL and then a waiver wire pickup. There's a lot of talent on the waivers out there. Uh, what, what waiver wire pickup and trade should happen right now? Yeah, so I'll start with waiver wire. Uh, I think when when you look at contenders, and, and obviously those are the teams that should probably be adding for somebody that's you know on the scrap heap right now, not a guy that you make a multi year commitment to, somebody you can you know plug in and, and play a role. Um, I think pass rushing in the playoffs is, always becomes a premium. The ability to get there to to you know get that extra step and keep guys fresh, have deep benches rotations. You look at the Super Bowl a few years ago, and Atlanta literally just punched themselves out in the first. In the first half, their defensive line had nothing. They didn't get a push, and, and Tom Brady worked his way back. So I think Deion Jordan is, is a really interesting guy that a team should add from a defensive depth standpoint. He looks healthy. He's training his his ass off. They, you know, I saw the video this morning of, of him you know, doing resistance runs and box jumps and weighted squats and everything. He looks like he's in good physical shape. He's an absolute specimen. They said his, his body fat's under 7% at 270 pounds. Um, that's a guy where... You know, maybe he was overdrafted. Maybe he, he didn't live up to the hype at the beginning. But if you can get him for a cheap a cheap contract as just a, a you know a depth defensive pass rusher, I think that's a good add. And your trade? Uh, my trade. Um, there, there are some teams that again, if it's acquiring a defensive end, somebody picking up Michael Bennett that needs a pass rush. Uh, unfortunately, most of the teams that aren't getting good defensive line play aren't in the playoff hunt. You know, Atlanta jumps to mind immediately. Uh, I, I was kind of expecting, hearing those Mohamed Sanu trade rumors, for that to be what the trade looked like. Bennett for Sanu, something similar to that. Um, but I still think uh, was a Trent Williams is, is a really interesting target. Uh, Washington's terrible. They should be looking to acquire draft capital. He's towards the end of his career. He kind of deserves a chance to play for a contender. And, and there's a plenty of teams that could use left tackle help. Uh, New England's one of them. Uh, the Rams are another one that could use a tackle uh, if either Okung isn't good to go or if maybe you play Okung at right tackle and now you have a good you know, cornerstone on both sides. Marcus? So I'm going to start on the opposite side. It's, it's so hard to think about exact players because we were shocked, but two teams actually made trades today that completely made sense that we've you know, yeah. discussed over. Niners picking up Emmanuel Sanders. They needed a playmaker on the outside. Um, and New England doing the exact same. That's that's really where they're extremely weak. Um, I would look um, I'd look for someone like Carolina if they can continue on to get some secondary help. Yep. Um, but they obviously we have less than a week, so 
if something's going to happen, that's where I'm thinking it's going to go. Uh, Carolina making a deal in the secondary. Um, as for free agents, Derek hit the nail on the head. Pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Colts and Chiefs, I think, are going to be looking at someone like Muhammad Wilkerson. Yep. What a big name. Nick Perry, sure. same kind of. Yep. Um, and obviously, it's, it's really looking like the Chiefs are going to have some serious contention with uh, the Patriots going forward. Yeah. Who better to have than someone who genuinely has to hate the Patriots for playing them so long in Wilkerson? It's true. True. Um, so for trade, uh, man, this is, this is tough for me. Uh, I This is going to sound radical as hell. And uh, if it is, uh, you know, you, you, might, you might be a um, – what, why, why am I blanking on the quarterback for the Bears' name? Trubisky. Trubisky. Uh, I think the Bears need to move on right now from Trubisky. And and a move out there that makes so much sense to me is, I think this Charger season is done. Unless you can win out, um, what, they have, they have five losses, right? Yeah. So five losses. So in, in, if, if they can win out, it, that would be classic Chargers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't think they can do it. Um, I think that trade Phillip Rivers. There are teams right now that, that that would love to have him trade him to the Bears. You bring a guy in like that, who dude, you don't need a guy that's going to make big plays, but he can make big plays. Yeah, you bring a guy like that in Chicago, I think it changes the landscape of that entire team immediately. Um, I I, th- I think it would be a completely it would be a Billichek move of of Nagy, which is why I know he's not going to do it because Billichek's Billichek's like a like an evil mastermind, and Nagy's like a good guy. I watched one of his speeches <laughs> the other day. He's like he's like a fucking stand up good guy. Uh, he doesn't have it in him. He doesn't have the edge to make that trade. But I think that that is one of those tough things that he just needs to make the call right now because they have a Super Bowl caliber, caliber team. Just do it right now. Was Mitch his first pick or was Mitch right before Nagy? No, there? Mitch was drafted by John Fox. Yeah. Okay, so right so I think it was. It may have been the same GM. I, 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 I think almost certain if, it was the same if GM. If you go out and spend what they spent on Cleo Mack, you shouldn't waste any of his prime years. And they are right. frankly wasting one of the years of his prime. Um, that defense is good enough to win a, a Super Bowl. All you need is a decent quarterback, right? Just just somebody who's who's not going to turn the ball over, who's not afraid to throw a pass down the field. Um, there's enough offensive weapons there, pieced together with you know with Cohen and and everything that they have there. A uh, little weak at receiver, but yeah, yeah I, I think I mean it's a bold move. I don't know that they'll make it. Um, I, I'm almost positive they won't, just because it is that you know that kind of a bold in this middle of the season move. But they should. Yep, I absolutely agree they should. And uh, so for my waiver wire pickup, I think this is a no-brainer. And Lions, you're fucking idiots for not doing this already. Jay Ajayi is, is fully recovered from his ACL t- from his ACL tear. Lions just lost Kerryon Johnson. It could be a while. From from what I heard, it could be like a month. So uh, he, he wasn't he's even... on the IR. IR to maybe return. Oh, wow. So I didn't even see that report. Yeah, that's, that's, that's bad no, news. That's, that's brand new. They need a running back. This guy... Ty Johnson, he sounds actually pretty exciting. Is it Ty Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, he sounds pretty exciting. He ran a really fast 40, but the guy's a six-round pick. He's going to be unpolished as hell. And they have, what was it, um, McKissick or whatever yeah, from he's, Seattle. You know, he's, yeah, he's one of those guys. Back. He's just like a – he can't be a three-down back. Uh, Jay Jai, he's your first and second down back for the rest of the year. Yep. Uh, it's not over for De- Detroit. They're still a really good team that can turn it around right now. Go out and get a Jay Jai. He would he would change your offense. I mean, he's not he's not you know he's not an elite player, but he's a guy that 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 could help them out a lot right now. Grinding out first downs is very important still, especially yeah. for the Lions. Yeah, especially in the winter. And then, and and then obviously time. none of us. I think we all stayed away from it to not hit the obvious, but. Somebody please sign Antonio Brown. Yeah. Seven teams could, could use Antonio Brown right now and make their team so much better. Uh, God, 32 teams could use Antonio Brown and make their team that much better. Yeah. And he's, he, trust me, he's one of those guys. He, he's, he's, he, he sees the writing on the wall. He's scared. Yeah. Uh, you could get that guy and corner him in a, in a prove it contract and just reap the benefits. Yep. So Arizona at New Orleans. New Orleans favored by nine and a half. And I, I learned a couple weeks ago uh, don't fucking bet against New Orleans. They're going to cover. Uh, th- what they're doing this year is nothing short of amazing. Marcus, what's your take on this game? I guarantee you I know who you're picking. Yes, you do. Um, I truthfully wish this was a little bit more. Um, I shouldn't bet against New Orleans. No one should. Um, I know Derek said it before. I've said it before. You said it before. Don't bet against New Orleans. They're fantastic. They, they helped save me again last week. But you're about to. But I'm about to. <laughs> um, I've been so high on the Cardinals, and I've, I've – Love what I've seen, and they, they're they're developing very well. Uh, their defense is still not that good, but they they held Daniel Jones and the Giants pretty well. Um, I hate to say it, but I love to say it too. Give me the Cardinals, baby. Derek, 
if this if this line was like ten and a half, I'd feel so much better about this. Nine and a half is is a really like Vegas. Obviously, they know what they're doing. Uh, it really hurts. I, I don't know which way to go on this one, but I think I'm going to go with the Saints. And I honestly don't even have notes on this because I just made my decision. Um, I'm just tired of losing. I, I could see a backdoor cover against with Arizona. Uh, Eli Apple being out, the worst test for that is this air raid offense. Um, but I just I can't go against the Saints. They're back at home. Uh, give me New Orleans. Give me New Orleans all day long on this. At 10.5, I agree. I think it would be a much more difficult I, I think they win by at least 10 here's what's gonna happen in this the number game. 10 i feel good about here's what's yeah. gonna happen in this game it's gonna be one of those things you ever start watching a game and you're watching your team and then all of a sudden the scoreboard comes up you're like what the fuck they're up 24 nothing like they're gonna they're gonna jump out to a lead um the arizona is gonna get a bunch of garbage time points which scare me because like uh yeah. and, and and who knows is, is breeze gonna play it's it's a bit uncertain I, I, still if they do they're dumb yeah they're playing I, good dude, enough. keep teddy just keep it rolling man yep. let breeze's hand whatever the fuck's going on like all it takes is one stub and you're you're right back where you were let breeze heal up and dude he's old like let his body just sit there and and he breeze is gonna come back full force yep. right when he comes back yep. so just just let it ride with teddy uh go out there destroy arizona like they will they're gonna they're gonna rape them um, and just just do do your thing against uh, Arizona like you've been doing for weeks against much better teams and go out there and dominate with Teddy Bridgewater. Give Breeze a couple more weeks. I don't even know what their schedule is coming up, but but give him a they're, couple more weeks. They're bye weeks next week. He should absolutely not play. Well, but Breeze is the only one making headlines. He's like, I'm going to try and come back by eight. He's like, that's what he's pushing for? Yeah. No chance. The doctors aren't going to let it happen. There's no way at their at their record, their position right now, Against a yeah. you know weaker Arizona team heading into the bye, going to no the bye week, have them ready now. for Arizona for Atlanta at home. Perfect. Uh, is New Orleans the best team in the league? In my opinion, actually, it's not my opinion. Hell yeah, they are. Yeah. So if, if you were to have a two game series against New Orleans and and New England, they each get a home game against each other. Who wins that series? I mean, it, so they probably split differential. Yeah, they probably split it. But like, if like who who's better, New Orleans or, or the Patriots? I think I think New Orleans is definitely a more well-rounded team. Um, I still, you know, in, in a winner takes all one game. I, when it comes down to clock management, when it comes down to situations, when it comes down to special teams, field management, I still I wouldn't pick them against New England. See, I think the NFL thinks that fans want a Brady X Super Bowl. I think I think that they want a, a Brady Rogers Super Bowl. God, the NFL loves Rodgers. Man, they, that guy gets so many calls. And I, I just truly believe that in the end, it's all it's a lot of it's crooked. Uh, I think that they truly like teams to succeed and they, they throw calls to their benefit. Like, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I totally believe in that conspiracy. I think the NFL wants a Brady Rodgers or Brady Breeze Super Bowl so bad. What are your thoughts on that? Does the NFL want that? Of course yes. they want that. Yeah, but do, do, do I buy into the conspiracy that they're going to deliver it? I don't know. But I definitely think they want it. Well, watch any why Packers wouldn't they want that? Yeah, but I, I think certain we, we we talk about you know officiating a lot. Certain quarterbacks and certain players are really good at working the refs. I mean, I know even when I played, uh, if there was a borderline call, even if you thought it was close, you'd go to the referee calmly, tell him, "Hey, watch for a hold." And the next close play, you'd get the flag. Like there's a way to work the refs. And I think the vet guys know how to do it. See, for me, I, I don't think it's as much uh, Brady Rogers as it used to be because, truthfully, they're both kind of going back and forth. Rogers, obviously, he, he's had a hell of a week last week against Oakland, but statistically this year he hasn't really been the Rogers that, like, puts on a show and lights up the scoreboard yeah. and gets fans hyped just like Brady was. He threw the ball all over the place. They're actually relying on their defenses a lot more. Um, I think that it's really Brady and anyone, not a specific quarterback, I think they want. They definitely want Brady in there. Maybe, maybe like a um, look at all the storylines you can make. Though I was just thinking about that Breeze. There's a storyline. Rogers would be a storyline. Garoppolo would be a storyline. Like, there's a lot in there. The, the, there's there's <laughs> a lot of uh, other quarterbacks that are going to be big headlines yeah. too. But but Brady just blowing the, the the possible record for most rings out of the water. That's that that could be huge. They, yeah. No one will catch him. For my money, give me a San Francisco Chiefs Super Bowl over any of those matchups any day of the week. I like. I I'm I'm so sick of the status quo in the NFL. I want to move on from this from this New England shit show that we're seeing. <laughs> like it just and beat them drives me exactly. But uh, <laughs> beat them beat them in a fair way. And 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 what I'll say about refs is 
Um, if you're getting worked by a player as a ref, then you're not doing your job. Oh, I guarantee it happens. So let, let's go ahead and – oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. But but if you are, you're supposed to be objective. If you're letting any of that influence your calls, then you're not doing your job. So parity in the NFL. Uh, I think that we're seeing a, an interesting dynamic in the league where I don't think any teams are really running away with it. If you looked at it this time last year, it was very obvious that there were certain teams that were just kind of running away with it. Uh, the Rams were so hot this time last year. The Chiefs were just now catching fire. Um, like, what what are your thoughts? I mean, so, some of the worst teams in the NFL, and, and what, let's go ahead and exclude Washington and Dolphins out of this argument. We'll just take them out. But every other team, tough matchups. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep the Dolphins in. We saw one hell of a game against Buffalo on the road with Fitzpatrick in there. Maybe if Rosen led Dolphins team, it's one thing, but they played their ass off. They they almost won that game, and they had a, late, uh, a lead late a couple times. Um, Bengals are another team when we talk about parity. Um, they go back and forth. They, they play the Jags really tough. I thought both of those games had a lot of potential for blowouts. But are the Bills the worst 5-1 team in, in, in history? <laughs> um, it's... It, I love their I love their defense, but like their offense, like when when you put Josh Allen into the gun, that guy folds like a yeah like a cheap suit. They get extra points for me with Frank Gore in there. I love I love it. Um, Gore is eternal. Gore is forever. He is forever. <laughs> He's a diamond. Um, but then you have you know certain teams like the, we can't talk about them enough. San Diego and Atlanta. But a new one who I'm very personally angry at, and I've got a vendetta, and I'm wishing them nothing but losses the rest of the way, are the Eagles. Another really talented team. Show up to Dallas Sunday night. Yeah. After their coach, yeah. and he hypes them up. They they didn't even show up to play football. Yeah. They 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 literally just took it. That's it. Showed up and took it. Took the whooping. And um and that type of inconsistency is kind of helping balance that parity. So you know, worse teams are able to keep up. And, you know, better teams might, you know, be a little more lackadaisical kind of you know, playing them. Yeah. I, 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 Derek, what are your thoughts? I mean, who, all right. So who, who, who's the best bad team in the NFL record-wise? The best bad team in the NFL record-wise? Uh, on paper or who do I think could go out and win a game? Yeah. Who, who would you least want to want to face that has two wins or less? Um, at the end of the season when the Chargers are healthy, I, I would say the Chargers. I, I wouldn't even want to play them right now. Like yeah. they, they're one of those teams. Like they, even without Derwin James, and they're so much better with Derwin James clearly. But I wouldn't even want to play them the, where they are right now. Especially now that they're angry. I don't know who the Chargers play this week. Yeah. Uh, do they have a bye? Uh, no, they don't. Yeah. But I, I would not want to play that team right now. Uh, but yes, I mean you got teams like Arizona, these scrappy. Uh, look at the Lions losing record. Yeah. That team could beat anyone in the NFL. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, the Lions could beat anyone in the NFL. Uh, I, I love what Matt Patricia is doing. So it, it really is interesting. You know, I think it's a sloppy product overall. But the fact that, you know, we're talking about parity increasing, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. I think it just speaks to teams getting good coaches in in place. Um, like, there there aren't a lot of coaches on the hot seat. If you really, if you really think about it, like, even teams that are losing – um, like Denver, that I've, I I know a lot of Denver fans that their coach is not even slightly on the hot seat. Um, really, the only coaches, if you look at in the hot seat, are, are Atlanta and um, who else would you say? Chargers? You think? I don't know. Uh, I still like him as a coach. Though. They've had so not. many injuries. I don't think you can hold them, you know, accountable for that. Um, they've had a lot of injuries. That's tough. Quinn absolutely needs to be on the hot seat. Um, I don't think that the Bengals will back away from Taylor yet just because they just hired him, but they should realize pretty soon that that was not a great hire. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I, I agree. So kind of a thought experiment talking about parody here. Uh, NFC North fan, how do you beat Aaron Rodgers? Uh, the way that you beat Aaron Rodgers is exactly what the Vikings did to Aaron Rodgers last time we played him. We but, still, but what kind of personnel? What, what kind of personnel? Yeah. Like, what, how would you how would you like construct a team? Yeah, uh, you get a lot of a, a great front seven. Yep. So look at what the rest of that division looks like. Great front sevens. Yeah. You're you're seeing teams because of the playoff format. You know, if there's a dominant player or a dominant team, the rest of the teams in that division to build their team to beat that team. Right. So when you go out and play other divisions with their with different roster compositions, you're seeing these crazy lopsided battles because mm-hmm. some of these teams are position heavy. Uh, you look at, at teams like uh, the, the Dolphins from five years ago when they had Cameron Wake, when they had Jason Taylor, when they had they're just loaded on that D line because that's how you beat Tom Brady. You get pressure with four. And they go out, Miami looks great against New England, plays New England close, and then they go out and play San Diego and get destroyed. 
But see, that, that, that's the thing. I was just going to say, take notes, AFC East, for the love of God. For the, for the sake of the NFL, take some freaking notes because they don't do that. The Buffalo Bills are building to beat the Patriots. Yeah, I, the I Jets did when that. they had Wilkerson and, yep. and, and uh, who's the guy from North Carolina? Mario Williams. Why were the Jets so hot on going out and acquiring these big-name free agents at linebacker and not big-name free agents at defensive? Because they drafted first-rounders. They had a lot of first-rounders involved. They just missed. They, it, was, it was bad picking. Do you think they missed on Keenan Williams? Though? Uh, Keenan Williams, no. I think they missed on Copels. I think they missed on um, the defensive tackle that they let go. Um, I can't remember the guy. The guy, uh, it was a Sean Ellis or, or out of uh, oh, USC. Nice, way older. Okay, but the or the guy they, they took out of USC early. They, they missed on him. They've had some misses, but they, that's how they tried to build it. Uh, no, he, he's still playing well, Leonard. Yeah, Leonard. Yeah, he's you know not as good as they thought he was going to yeah, be. Yeah, not not top five pick, good. Yeah. So, I want to remind everyone about our format uh, again. Uh, we pick six games completely at random besides two. Uh, the four games are completely random. God, I would not pick some of these games to save my life. Um, and then the other two games. So, four games are completely random, and then two games are the two primetime games. Uh, but we do want to discuss a, a, a matchup that we don't have in our pool this, this week, but I think it's a really interesting matchup. Let's talk about Carolina at San Francisco. San Francisco is favored by five. But I think Carolina is a damn good team, and I think San Francisco is very flawed. At even though they're undefeated, I think that they're they're so beatable. Uh, what's your take on this game, Marcus? Oh, give me Carolina plus the points all day long. Uh, I think there's a damn good chance they go in and beat them. Um, we we've definitely seen that San Francisco's front seven is impressive, and and obviously that's it's going to be the matchup against McCaffrey. That's that's the that's going to be the make or break, no matter what. Um, Carolina's kind of struggling offensively with uh, playmaking receivers, um, but their defense has vastly improved over the last three, four weeks. And uh, coming off a of bye week, I think they're going to show up and play and um, probably get the win. But they're definitely covering. So you're taking Carolina. I'm taking. I'd take Carolina all day. Derek, I like Carolina too. This is somebody I would take. I, I think I'm the same boat. I would take money line. I think they're going to get a dose of their own medicine when it comes to running the football. Um, the good thing about McCaffrey is even if you have a stout front. Seven who, who can stop him in the running game. Um, they can get creative on how they get him the ball. They're going to get him the ball. You can't stop them from from getting the ball in his hands. It's just can you swarm? Can you tackle? Can you make the play when you need to? Uh, and he's shown to be really, really, really elusive. Like he, he reminds me now of like peak Le'Veon Bell when it's just he's an offensive weapon. He's mm-hmm. going to get the ball in different sets, different formations, different ways. Um, there's really no one answer for him. It's not always going to be pretty. There's not a linebacker in the league that can run with him. So it's how do you how do you align and how do you attack and, and try to slow them down and then it sets up the play action passing they've done well with the play action the receivers are good enough um, I, I like them to go in there and, and I think I think they steal one. Uh, so I'm going the other way on this I'm going San Francisco and and I'll tell you why um, I don't think San I think San Francisco is is highly flawed one of the weakest wide receiving crews in the NFL um, I love what they did going to get Emmanuel Sanders but I don't think it's enough go get AB for the love of God. Just go get AB or Crabtree, yeah, or something. There's, there's some free agents. Somebody, yeah. yeah, bring Crabtree back home. They don't have enough. Um, I, 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 I love San Francisco, and and here's the thing: I'm such a Kyle Shanahan fan, and I, I hated hearing people take shots at him last year. For the love of God, people, he, George Kittle broke the tight end receiving record with a third string quarterback. They were like their offense still looked highly like. Usable. I wonder what Nick Mullins is doing right now. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I am such a huge fan of Kyle Shanahan. I think that San Francisco roster-wise, on paper, if you – all right, so let's, let, let me reverse this. Take Kyle Shanahan, throw him on the Browns right now. The Browns are the best team in the NFL. I truly believe that. He, Kyle Shanahan gets the most out of all of his weapons. Um, his offense is just so genius. I, I, I love that guy so much. He's one of the best offensive minds in the league, if not the best offensive mind. I think we're finally co- seeing that come with fruition. Uh, they they had a great draft last year. I love San Francisco going forward, and and I'll admit that they're a highly flawed team. But but when when I see them, the difference to me is coaching, and I I love San Francisco. Take me take me, give me the five points in that game for sure. Yeah, I think that's a good point about offensive minds too. Yeah, uh, I think uh, top three just off the top of my head: uh, Shanahan, Reed, and Josh McDaniels. Shanahan, for the love of Christ, expend your entire draft last year. Don't make the mistake. Don't don't try and draft a wide receiver weapon. It's not going to work. 
get get a guy in the free agency, like a, a, a decent guy, like maybe try and trade for someone random. Like if the Titans fall out of comp- out of contention, try and go out get Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis would succeed in that offense. Um, there's a lot of wide receivers that are just on the waiver wire or tradable, as you saw with with Sanu. Uh, but you know what? Speaking of Sanu, let's go ahead and transition. Uh, so last night's game, Pats against the Jets. Uh, first of all, what were you guys' takes on the game? <laughs> it was laughable. What a, that that was just terrible to watch. Um, I'm, I'm very impressed. I don't want to take any, anything away from uh, New England because their defense has been fantastic. But, man, there was just so many errant throws. Sam Darnold didn't look like he wanted to play football. It was really ugly to watch. Um, I hate, didn't really enjoy it at all. Didn't pay attention most of the time. Not a fan of last night. It was just ugly. So... I, I definitely thought it was going to be a closer game. Typically, uh, the Jets play New England closer. They were finally healthy on defense. Sam Darnold looked good the week before against the Cowboys. Um, but, man, that got ugly really fast. The, the defense was, was all over them. Just errant throws to I, I, some of the replays that you would see on the interceptions. There wasn't a green jersey in the screen. Anywhere. And I, I'm just under, trying to understand. It's like deep middle, too. Like, you know, by the, by the cover high safety. What do you, where's the ball going? Like, what are you doing? I mean, he's talking about seeing ghosts out there. Uh, that's not doesn't necessarily instill confidence in you if you're a fan of the <laughs> team that your your quarterback is saying that. Uh, and the Jets are are upset <clears throat> about that getting broadcast because he's wearing a mic, and they're like, "Oh, well, maybe we should rethink, you know, wearing mics and, and doing mic'd up." If you're the quarterback and the mic's on you, how are you not aware of that? Like yeah. that, that's a general awareness problem. Or why are you talking about ghosts in general? <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares about the hot mic? Do you like, see, do you see uh, Van Noy in the locker room after? Yeah. He's like, wait, he really said that? And they go to ask him another question. He's like, wait, 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 one more second. What was about the ghost? Did he really say that? <laughs> he's like, oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> no, dude, uh, the excuses train is already running off with the Jets. Um, and Adam Gase, he's, I, think he's a, I think he's a genius offensive mind who's just an unstable person. Some guys should just be coordinators. Yeah, he's, he's a coordinator guy. This is his last stint as a, as an off, as a coach. I'm certain of it. Uh, I kind of relate him to like uh, uh, let's let's go with North Turner. North Turner, highly unsuccessful head coach, uh, good coordinator. I hated him with the Vikings, by the way. Yeah. I hate some of the things that he does. I think but, look at the other sideline, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not confident Josh McDaniels is a head coach, but man, he gets creative on the offensive side. Dude, of the ball. Josh McDaniels, um, how 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 great does does uh, right look? Uh, Taking that job, you know, over over, over McDaniel's. Yeah. I mean, I think it was one of the most BS moves ever. Um, if I'm a if I'm a team, no matter how smart McDaniel's is, like exactly like Gase, he's a genius guy who's an unstable person. I don't want that guy as my coach. You need you need your coach to be the most stable guy. Like look at the best coach in the league, Bill Belichick. That guy gives you nothing in press conferences. He doesn't let his emotions carry away. If I guarantee you, he said nothing about Darnold talking about ghosts last night. Nothing. I, I think the only way that that McDaniel's thing makes sense, and we'll, we won't know unfortunately for a couple years here. But if there was a uh, call him back to New England, Robert Kraft in the closed room made him a guarantee about being the successor. That's the only way that that situation makes any sense at all. Other because you pretty much burned. 31 bridges in the NFL hmm. um, with that move. So unless you know that other bridge is rock solid, that how do you make that move? But maybe you're right. Maybe he's a gaze. Maybe he's just those you know googly eyes out in space. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird guy, um, and he's a weird guy put into an odd situation with the Jets. I feel the hire was so bizarre. That's a, t- just, that's a tough market. Too. I don't understand that hire at all. Maybe they're just like putting that guy in, setting him up to fail so that they can continue building towards something else. But I, I it's such a weird hire to me. Anyways, um, so let's let's go ahead and move on. So New England is one of our games this week. Cleveland at New England. This line is intimidating as hell, and it's already adjusted today. So Cleveland at New England. New England is now favored by 13 points. Uh, who are you taking, Marcus? I have not. First, let me start with I have not seen a line move this quickly and this rapidly. In one day. In, in quite some time. <laughs> this might be the fastest moving line I've ever seen. Does it have to do with Sanu, or is what? What, what do you it's, think affected it's, it? It's Cleveland's inability to be consistent and be as productive as anticipated. But, but what changed today? Um, I, I think that, I think it just came out. The line came out yesterday, and I think everyone just thinks New England's going to blow the roof, the blow, blow the doors off Cleveland because because yeah. they, they've been covering every double digit spread over and over and over and just killing teams. And um, 
I'm going to disagree with the public. I'm going to ride Cleveland on this with those points. Um, okay. As as it goes higher and higher, I'm actually just going to wait for it to keep jumping because the more the more leeway you're going to give Cleveland, the more I'll I'll like it. Um, uh, New England's due for a slight letdown, and their letdown is going to be winning by ten points, which is a cover for the Browns. <laughs> Derek. Patriots yeah. fan who's never a Patriots homer, so I always I always uh, respect your opinion on the Patriots because you're always very objective about it. What what's your take on this game? So I see I see this game going two ways. Um, the f- way one is is Chubb gets involved early. There's a lot of running the ball. They're going to be patient with it, discipline, run the football, shorten the game, um, not try to go after the the secondary of the New England, which I think is their their strength as a unit. Or they get careless. On, on third down, if they need, you know, if they're in double sticks or if they're in long, they're going to throw the ball. They're going to turn the ball over, and it's going to get out of hand really fast. And then they're going to start continuing to press. Baker Mayfield's got a little Jameis Winston in him, where if he gets behind, he wants to win the game with one throw. Um, and I, I kind of see that's how it's going to go. I think you're going to see seven or eight in the box, um, and, and try to shut down Chubb. I think you're going to see a bracket with McCord, with the, both McCourty twins on Odell, uh, with with Jason Under and, and Devin Over. That gives Gilmore man-to-man on the number two. And where do you go with the ball? Can you beat, beat him with a tight end? Can you beat him with your third receiver? Can you beat him with the back out of the backfield? And I don't think Baker Mayfield has the patience for it. So I'm going to take New England. So um, I, <laughs> you guys know I, I make fun of Freddie Kitchens all the time. I think he's I think the guy's hilarious, and he was such a weird choice for that job. Uh, for me, Freddie Kit- Kitchens, he's, he's the drunk redneck who runs who rolls up to a beauty pageant in a cargo van with his five beautiful daughters that he never should have produced, and he puts on their makeup in a porta potty, and he still manages to win some pageants. But it's like you have all the talent right there. Like, like, what is your problem? Like the, the guy, he just I, I watch him in press conferences. He's not impressive to me. Um, I think they rolled with him because of Mayfield's success last year. But if you really look at Mayfield's success last year, it was really contingent on a couple games against Cincinnati. I think that, that he padded his stats against that team. I still believe in Mayfield. I do not believe in Freddie Kitchens. The time to move on, and I know Cleveland. They're so they're like these, you know, they're like a, a, a person that's experienced a lot of trauma. They don't want to make the mistakes of the past. They're going to hold on to Freddie Kitchens for way too long. I, I can see it. Like, because there's no, there's no talk about him being on the hot seat, nothing. There absolutely should be talk about Freddie Kitchens being the hot I, seat. I think they intentionally picked a weak head coach. Uh, intentionally, so I think they're getting what they want there because I think from the GM wants to to own it, he, you know, be a little more responsible. I think he, he probably realizes this is his last head coach, so I think he I think he wants to steer the ship a little bit. Um, but I think they both go soon. I dude, he needs to go now. Yeah, and and here here's the guy that they should go pick up, and it's not going to happen this year. Cleveland's done this year. I'm telling you, they're they're done. Like it's just call it quits. Um, do some damage control. Fire kitchens now. Uh, after you get blown out by New England. By the way, my pick is New England. I think I think that they cover because it's just going to be an absolute uh, just destruction. Um, but go out there, uh, gra- grab an interim head coach, and then in the offseason, here's my guy. And I actually hate this guy, but I think he's perfect for this role for a number of reasons. Go out and get Mike McCarthy. So if, if Cleveland does move on, uh, I, I think Mike McCarthy's a guy. I think that he would be a great calming influence on a very uh, an organization that is just always – hit with turmoil. They got a lot of personalities. They got to manage there. Go out and get Mike McCarthy. Um, isn't he from Cleveland? I'm, he's certainly from Ohio. I'm, I'm almost certain of that. Uh, and there was rumors of him taking over the head coaching job last year, and I loved it. And even though I hate McCarthy, I think he's a good fit in that role. What, what do you guys think of that? And, and if you don't agree with McCarthy, who should be the head coach of the Browns next year? They're definitely going offense. Um, but I do. I, I don't disagree with McCarthy at all. Uh, it's a very similar situation that he had in Green Bay. Um, superstar quarterback. Um, a lot of weird pieces on the offense. Uh, struggling defenses, but just moving parts. A lot of media attention. So it's it's something that he's familiar with and something that he's been successful with. Um, so, what coach would you get if you didn't if you didn't if it wasn't McCarthy? Um, if the season pans out the way that it's looking like it will. Um, they can just uh, stay in the north and take Mike Tomlin. Mike, <laughs> I'm sure you'd love that. <laughs> I, I would love it. Derek? I, I really think you hit it there. I think McCarthy's the best pick. So he's actually from Pittsburgh, so I don't know how that would go down. 
uh, if, if he would do it. But, I mean, why wouldn't he? He has some ties to Cleveland, though. I, 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 don't, think, I, don't... I think he coached college there. Okay. I think you're right. I do think yeah. he has ties there. He's lived there or something like that. There's some connections to Mike McCarthy in Cleveland. I think he's a good guy just because he's he's never in the news. Like, he never generates controversy. And neither does Kitchens, but the difference between the two of them is Mike McCarthy has a better track record, a proven track record. And I think things kind of fell away from McCarthy towards the end there. Um, but, you know. I, I just don't think that those personalities matched up well, and Aaron Rodgers is an asshole. And I think he just kind of once he started throwing McCarthy to the wolves, it was over for him in, in Green Bay. But I think he's a good guy. Bring him in next year, uh, maybe just ride out Kitchens for the rest of the year, get a good draft pick like you always do, <laughs> and try and reset next year like they always do. The only other guy um, I, I could Dan Campbell. I don't know if you remember him. He's interim down in, in in for the Dolphins a couple years ago. That's one of the assistants I know it's on the bubble. But besides that, it's the same old, it's, you know, the Jim Codwells and the just guys you should stay away from. Guys that continue continue to lose. And somehow find jobs. Yeah. yeah. Maybe bring back Jeff Fisher. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, man. Uh, so an- another storyline with this game is Kareem Hunt is activated. Should we even give a shit? Does it affect the game at all? I don't want to phrase it like that. I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think it affects the game at all. Uh, I think it's just kind of a reminder of how some of these guys who do terrible things off the field somehow under the radar sneak their way back in the NFL. Um, and then you see guys, you know, like AB who's having a hard time. You know, Colin Kaepernick, all that's you know everything there. No matter what your opinion is, I, I still think there's the video evidence of what happened there and the fact that he's back in the league this soon. Uh, is really, really terrible in the manager in the NFL. It's, it's really terrible. Um, and I don't think the Browns needed them. So why even bring that on yourselves? Especially the Browns of all places. Yeah. Like you don't you don't have a culture. You don't have a strong locker room. You're led by Baker Mayfield, who's a little bit of a loose cannon. Like you have Nick Chubb. Like why are you bringing in a guy like that? You let Duke Johnson walk. They could have kept him for sure. Um, and they not even dealt with this whole circus. I love them bringing in OBJ. I, I still think the OBJ experiment yep. can work out. I still believe in Baker Mayfield. Um, I just, uh, man. And by the way, my pick is, is is absolutely New England, unless I unless I haven't said that yep. in the past. But I I, I think that they're just going to blow him out because when Freddie Kitchens gets taken off guard, which Bill Belichick is the best coach in the NFL at taking just a guy off guard, he can't make in game adjustments. I think he's a just a terrible coach. They need to move on right now because that roster is still so good. Yep. So good. All right, so uh, let's let's go ahead and now. So speaking of coaches, we talk about this a lot, and I think the top three is 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 very set in. No, let's just say top two is pretty much set in stone. But uh, let's go ahead. So what I want each of you to do is rank your top five best coaches and your bottom five worst coaches. Yep, Marcus, go. All right, so I'm just gonna skip the front two. Um, we. Can we just all agree, right? Bill Belichick and, and Sean Payton? Yep. Top two coaches. Perfect for me. Uh, wait, Sean Payton or McVay? Payton. 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 No. No. I'd okay. go McVay second. Okay. Well, then. Do you I... think he's done? He's done enough to prove it so far. Yes. In a year and a half, one being great and one being not. I have ridiculous amounts okay. of respect for that guy. Okay. Yes. I, I just. Think I think what. Ridiculous. I, okay. So, so we'll talk about it. Uh, so for for me, that was one of those not enough time for me to get included in there. <laughs> yeah. Give me Pete Carroll at number three. Um, he's done a lot. Guy, I like it. The guys love him. Um, you might not agree with some of the stuff he does, but his players love him, minus Earl Thomas. But I think that was more of a general manager kind of thing. Um, at four, give me Andy Reid. He's been here for a long time. Uh, he's done Great a lot pick. of really good things. Um, at my number five, I'm just a big fan of him. Give me Bruce Arians. Okay. I like it. It's a good pick. Yeah. So I, I'm Bill Belichick, number one. Uh, so I go Sean Payton, number two. And, I, and you look at longevity. You look at actual success as far as winning a championship. You look at what he's done to overcome some issues. One of them was self-produced with the whole bounty gate, and he should have known what was going on under his roof. The other one with the injury of Drew Brees and just, just keeps on chugging. Uh, they've been a, a very competitive team for a long time. A lot of you know off-the-field stuff with, with natural disasters and everything. It's been, really been a rock in, in New Orleans. So I definitely – I just my list number two. And no slight on McVay. I think it's just a matter of he doesn't have the track record yet to, to put him in that group. Uh, so for number three, I have John Harbaugh. Again, I think he's been rock solid for Baltimore uh, for a very long time. If you can win a Super Bowl with Flacco, then obviously you're doing something right. Um, i just really impressed by him and somebody I'd like to see in New England after Belichick. And uh, at four, I'm going to put McVay. Obviously, huge talent, huge upside, great rookie year, 
this year's you know still to be determined. They went out and made some moves. Hopefully they're competitive. You got to think they'll be at least in the wild card uh, hunt, if not you know take over the the division from the 49ers by the end. And but the Seahawks in the Seahawks. But I'm gonna put them four just be, again longevity. Uh, and number five, I'm actually gonna go McDermott uh, just based on upside and, and what he's building and, and the, the kind of the hard work he's done. He turned around the Bills who are a storied, underperforming, just depressing fan base. Even the Super Bowls they made too. I uh, was at four consecutive four and they lost four straight Super Bowls. Like just they're, they're taking over a lot of losing, taking over a lot of hardship in a really t- tough division. Uh, and, and he's building something and they're building it the right way. Defense first, offensive line first. Um, I, I really think the work he's done has been amazing. I'm a big Andy Reid guy too. I think he'd probably be right there six for me. Um, but at what point do you get the same kind of moniker, you know, in the, the same label that Peyton Manning got in his playing career, where you're a regular season guy and can't get it done in the playoffs? So that's the only thing keeping Andy Reid out of the, my top five. I, I love the list. I really do. Um, I think Aaron's a little bit of a stretch, uh, but I I, I, I I like it. I think it's bold. Pittsburgh guy. Give me my list. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Bilicek, number one. Uh, McVay, number two. I have so much faith in that guy. Uh, I don't like what the Rams are doing right now, uh, but I think that has more to do with their GM, Wes Snead, uh, making the uh, weird choice of bringing in uh, Ramsey, who I think will pan out long term, but uh, you got to build your offensive line right now. Um, can we and, can we agree? Like obviously, Jalen Ramsey is probably the most complete cornerback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But the upgrade from Peters to him is that worth what they gave up in the middle of a season when you have other needs? Again, I think for the long term, it's going to pan out for them. Great move, long term. Yeah, yeah. short term, no way, yeah. no way. Yeah, it was an odd choice. Yeah. Uh, I think Les Snead is going for a splash pick. That they got their new stadium next year. Um, I think they're looking towards next year, uh, and I think you know the GM is normally closely tied with ownership. So I think that a lot of the moves that the Rams are making are, are to build a team for next year. Because honestly, I think that they're so flawed this year that maybe they're just punting it. Because I did. They, I saw a story that they did at least pick up the phone and try to get uh, Trent Williams. Okay. So I feel better about yeah. it. They Grab did at least pick up the phone. Right no, now. So that's what the, originally they were trying to move Peters for Williams. Sure. And then they were going to backfill with Ramsey. If those two moves happen, I think it's a great thing. But they're, they're still pretty vulnerable in the line. But, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Uh, and I think uh, another guy to bring in for the Rams, Jay Jai. Grab him. Do it. Bring him in. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Gurley. Uh, they need a running back to, to be successful in that system. Henderson isn't winning me over. No, no not at all. Not <laughs> at all. He, he, he's, he's not the guy. Um, go out and get a Jai. I mean, he, he's nothing special, but he's, he, he's a very serviceable guy. So that's my number two, McVay. I have so much faith in that guy. Uh, when you when you just hear that guy just talk football, he's just a he's he's a, he's a just a, a student of the game. He impresses me so much every day. Um, I can't go against that guy. Uh, and then give me Frank Wright. Uh, so impressed with that guy, dude. Them blowing out Houston last week. How impressive was that shit? Um, they're just going to continue to surprise people. That the Colts are just one of those teams that are so interesting to me. Um, I, I I love that guy so much. What he does. Uh, he's one of those really calm guys too, a calming presence. Uh, you never hear about anything, you know, that he does to like shake things up. And I, lo- I love that about McVeigh as well. And then I'm going to go to another guy that's exactly like that, which is John Harbaugh. Dude, no matter what that guy is in, on defense, they're going to be good. Yep. Um, he, he, he has taken Lamar Jackson. I think he's the only coach in the NFL that can make Lamar Jackson work. Truly. And he's not just making Lamar Jackson work. Like he's, he is, you see the, the, uh, the clip of him saying, "Hey, you want to go for a fourth down on the sidelines?" Lamar Jackson's like, "Hell yeah, man!" Like, I love <laughs> I, that, man. Yeah, I love what John Harbaugh does. Like, he's not a player's coach. He's, um, he's always done really good things. He's great. And then at, at five, I'm going Sean Payton. Jesus Christ! If anyone would have said that you thought that Teddy Bridgewater would go undefeated while Breeze is gone, you're crazy. There's no way you said that. Um, that guy is just so ridiculous. Uh, uh, Barcelona Sports produced an article, I guess, today about uh, Drew Brees being a system quarterback. I think it was very tongue in cheek, but you know what I'm saying? Like that—that's a guy that he—it doesn't matter who he has. Uh, he's just a great, a brilliant head coach. I love that guy so much. Uh, so let's pivot now. Five worst coaches. I think it's a little bit harder. Um, but what, what, let's let's start with you, Marcus. Give me your five worst coaches in the NFL. So this is the only list that I actually had one person that just w- was on there for lack of experience. Um, I tried to make both of these lists. You know, I, I wanted someone on there that isn't in their first year. You know, uh, 
Are you starting with the worst? Uh, yeah, so I'm going worst to worst to second worst on. So for okay. me, the worst coach in the NFL right now is Zach Taylor. Um, I know that some of the position guys are just not there, but they just they just don't look in sync for the most part. If they're they're finally coming along to play and try and compete, but they just don't they just do not look good anywhere. Number two, someone we've been talking about for quite some time, Dan Quinn yep. in Atlanta. Yep. Uh, he was a fantastic coordinator, and he might be in a you know Josh McDaniel yep. boat, just a coordinator. But man, has he done some work to that team? They are terrible, and they are embarrassing. Uh, for me, number three, another underperforming coach who is on the hot seat every single year for the last decade, Jason Garrett of the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Uh, that team is insanely talented, yep. and they should be able to win 13 games blindfolded for most of these years. Number four, another guy who is not quite as good as his name is, Bill O'Brien with the Houston Texans. He is Dude. he is there for number four at, for me. Um, he's so glad you mentioned that. I have so much to say about that. Man, he, he, he came out of college, huge name, you know, right. jumped over, um, you know, and they made a splash in Houston, but I, I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. They got so much talent, but they continue to underperform. Um, I expect a lot more of them, and he might just not be the guy. And number five, Mike Tomlin. Uh, I know everyone loves him, winning percentage, but, the, man, the talent's just – I've watched my team – at they could be ten and one, and Lou they lose to two and ten teams continually every single year. <laughs> they underperform, and everything that's happened in the last three years, they lost the locker room, and they wasted Ben's prime, and they wasted they wasted Antonio's prime, Le'Veon's prime, and a lot of the good players on that team. Talk about underperformance. He should have topped my list. I, I could have predicted that. I so now, <laughs> now I now I see why he did it that way. Uh, he ordered it that way, so he didn't say that first. And then we just shook our head at him for the rest of the <laughs> the rest of his five. Um, I think Tomlin is just unfortunate to be in the AFC during the reign of Brady and Belichick. They couldn't get by them, uh, but not a lot of teams could, including Peyton Manning. And, and you know, if you're a Tony Dungy guy, I, I still think he's a good coach, man. I, I think he's a player's coach. I, I just think wrong place, wrong time. They ran into a sawmill. Like, what can you do? So start with your worst and, yeah. and go up. So my very worst is that how we're going to do this. Yeah. Okay. So my worst coach in the entire NFL is Freddie Kitchens. I think he's outmatched. He has no idea what he's doing. They intentionally picked a weak coach. We, we keep touching on that. Um, there's, I, don't, I mean, you should be able to know why he's terrible. I don't think I have to go into that one too much. Uh, next, I, I went Jason Garrett as well. Um, what he's done, the lack of what he's done with that team. He's, is he married to the Jerry Jones family? Is that what's, isn't that... Uh, I believe he's banging Jerry. Yes, <laughs> I think I think there's some kind of definite bottom, some some kind of definite relationship there because he is terrible. Uh, Dak Prescott doesn't deserve the contract Dak Prescott wants, but he's good enough to win football games with everything else they have. I watched a lot of the Cowboys game this week. Uh, I don't know why. I think I just didn't flip the channel. But Zeke is so impressive. Like he the, his explosion when he touches the ball. And that offensive line, he doesn't even get touched until he's six yards down the field, seven yards down the field. Then he breaks the tackle and picks up five more. Uh, he's amazing, always moving forward. So I just it's terrible that they're wasting what they have there. They finally have a defense. Sean Lee's made it to the trade deadline healthy. When was the last time that happened? Well, he's back up now. Yeah. So I, I just I think what they're doing there, they have the tools, and he's underperforming in a weak division. Uh, Zach Taylor never should have got hired, so I'm sorry if I'm being hard on him. He doesn't have a lot. To, to start with. Um, Andy Dalton's terrible. The Bengals are old and, and beat up, and there's not much there. But, God, he is terrible. Um, my next one is going to be Doug Marone. Two years ago, they're in the AFC Championship, probably two or three plays away from making it to the Super Bowl. And now they don't have Jalen Ramsey. The entire line, the entire team's collapsed. I mean, he figured out a way to get done with Blake Bortles before. Why, why isn't that working? Why didn't that work? Why did he leave town? Why can't he get that done now? Uh, Gardner was hot when he started, but even he's starting to fizzle. The, the Minshew magic's starting to run out, it looks like. Um, I just I feel like he's lost that team completely, and he is another guy that doesn't make in-game adjustments. The game seems to just get away from him, and he can't catch up. Uh, and then my, my fifth-worst coach, Dan Quinn, uh, should be fired any day now if he's not fired any day. I'm surprised he hasn't been fired yet after what happened uh, last week. Just waiting for that to happen. So, um, worst coach in the NFL for me is Adam Gase. I, I don't know how he's still in the NFL. It's, it's so bizarre. <laughs> um, he, he, he's a great offensive coordinator like we talked about earlier. Uh, get that guy out of out of the Jets after this year. I'm, 
they probably won't. They'll probably hang hang with him for a couple more years and and watch his weird pref, press conferences and his weird uh, deflections on why they just got destroyed. Um, blaming the NFL for 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 uh, you know their. <laughs> For, for a hot mic when he should be talking about how terrible they were performing. It's just so typical of that guy. Um, he's a loose cannon. He's one of these guys that I just, I, I, I don't I don't buy him as a head coach. Uh, get that guy out of there. Uh, my second worst coach, Bill O'Brien. I think that the, the Houston Texans, like just some of the moves that they've made, and I know he's not the GM, but he certainly has a say in what they're doing. Um, they got fleeced in that Deuce, Duke Johnson trade. Uh, just such a bad trade. They did make some 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 good pickups, but again, he's not the GM. Uh, bringing Laramie Tun- Tunzel and and uh, uh, what's his name, the wide receiver from um, from the, from the Dolphins. I think uh, Kenny Stills. Both good moves, uh, but I think that that team is so ridiculously talented. You got your quarterback. Why aren't you better? Why couldn't you beat the Colts last week? Because you got outcoached by my uh, third best coach, which is uh, right. But I, I just I, I don't like that guy. I, I think that they need to move on from him sooner rather than later. He's going to maintain his job because of how talented that team is. I just don't think he's the right guy for the position. And then Dan Quinn, get this guy out of Atlanta. What is going on? This is a team that on paper should be just absolutely dominating, and they're they're one of the worst teams in the league. Like what's going on? And I, I go to Atlanta all the time, like I've said a million times. Um, they are so in love with this guy, and I just don't get it. I think he's one of these guys that he's like a really high integrity guy, and people are people gravitate towards that. You know what he's not that good at? Coaching football teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he had any say in Dirk Cotter coming in there and being their offensive coordinator, coordinator, he's an idiot. And I have no doubt that he had some some to say about that. And then fourth worst, give me Freddie Kitchens. Get that guy, and all these guys should be fired. By the way, on this list, uh, get Freddie Kitchens out of Cleveland. Um, he, he's he's not ever going to be the guy i'm telling you there's just he doesn't have an it factor about him uh he, he's a coordinator all the way i think he's i think he's a decent coordinator but he'll never be a great head coach and then this, this is gonna surprise some people give me mike vrabel at number five as my best worst guy um I've, I've i've watched mike vrabel a lot and you know who he reminds me of uh who who is the san francisco coach that came in years ago right before harbaugh uh, the linebacker, uh, Singletary. Yeah. Uh, Singletary. So, so they remind me a lot of each other, like great players. You know, uh, is Vrabel a Hall of Famer? No. Uh, but he, he was a great player, right? Yeah. Uh, not, not, great not, player, not the sure. Singletary. He's, he's just like this rah rah guy at head coach. Six catches, those, all touchdowns. Those guys never work out. Yeah. Like, you, you, you want a guy that, that has full control of your team. I think he's a great personality. I think he's a great guy. Don't think he's a good head coach. I think that maybe put him in a coordinator role, watch him, you know, develop. But I just I, there's something about that guy. I just I, I don't like him. Um, I think the Titans are decently talented, and they're definitely underperforming this year. And then uh, for my sixth worst guy, somehow Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in the NFL, but give me Jeff Fisher on this list somehow. Uh, one of the worst head coaches in the NFL that somehow maintained his job for a really long time. Over and over and over. Over and over and over and over again. So let's go to Denver, Indianapolis. Uh, interesting game to me. Indi- Indianapolis favored by six and a half. Marcus, what's your take? Um, Frank Wright's done fantastic. Uh, I think Denver's butt. I hate Joe Flacco, um, but they are ha- they are showing flashes. Um, and Denver is coming off of a bye. Uh, no, they're sorry. They are coming off of a shellacking by the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. So for me, ten days, six and a half points is just a little bit much. Um, I'm thinking Andy wins by a field goal, but I'll take Denver plus six and a half. Derek? I like Indy by at least a touchdown. Yeah, uh, big Frank Wright guy. Um, I, I don't think that the Broncos have a offensive identity, and trading away you, probably your most productive wide receiver does not help that identity. Uh, I don't know that they have the, the offensive line tools to be a run first and run only team. They need to keep teams honest and keep that extra guy out of the box. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go Indy here. I'm going Indy all the way. I think that they blow the socks off Denver. I watched that Chiefs game last week. Holy crap. Joe Flacco is so bad. Uh, that team is so bad. They're clearly, you know, they're, they traded away uh, one of their best weapons on offense um, to the Niners, obviously. And I just... I, I, that, that, I, I think that they have the right head coach for the future, but they're clearly just, you know, they're, they're, they're phoning it in for the rest of the season. I'm certain of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so give, give me Indy by a million in this game. I, it's actually my pick of the week. 
Um, I, I think that this is the lockdown game of the week. Uh, take Indy. I think they're going to blow the socks off of Denver. In, Indy somehow still is playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're the real deal. And, I, you know, at home, I have supreme amount of confidence in them. I think that they're just going to destroy Denver. They've got a couple tough wins in a row, too. So Yeah, true. All right, Miami at Pittsburgh, my least favorite game of the week. I hate this game so much. Uh, Pittsburgh's favored by 15, and they're a terrible team themselves. Um, I just, like, how can you hate Mike Tomlin and see this line that Vegas is giving Pittsburgh despite everything? Uh, on their third string quarterback, Marcus, what's your take? And I already don't care about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh's going to come up, and we're going to, I think we're going to lay an egg. Um, we probably still should win because we're that much better than Miami and most of these teams that we're been be seeing. But, you know, I, w- I was going to take Pittsburgh, but just because of that statement, give me Miami. I was going to hand you guys a win to keep you in this race, but give me Miami. Plus, it's very nice of you. You're welcome. So, Derek? Um, I, so I, I found myself going through this list and when I saw that line immediately thought, man, road dog getting 15 points. I don't know that I can back away. And then I took new England, uh, minus 13 at home, but I, I just can't do it here. I, I think maybe a 10 point game, maybe a two touchdown game. I don't see it being more than that. Um, I, I think Fitzmagic keeps it a little bit close at least. Uh, he's, he's due for, his one of his three good games of the year, so we probably get one of them this week. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think that's I just that fifteenth point. I think is too much. I, I think that's it's a good line to take uh, take the dog here for sure. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I think Pittsburgh wins it, but I'm not even like completely certain. Since they're at home, like I, I'm 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 certain that they're gonna win because Miami's so bad. Uh, I'm definitely taking Miami in this one. Um, give me them all day. I I. I Pittsburgh somehow is, is staying in. Uh, Marcus, our, our resident homer, uh, who weirdly isn't a homer because he like hates some of the best things that the, his team has going for him. <laughs> um, but, man, I, I love Miami in this matchup. Uh, and 15 points, it's crazy to me. So much. It's crazy to me. Like Pittsburgh is not a good team. Like That just shows how bad Miami is. Um, and I think this line is kind of an embarrassment for the NFL. Hey, we'll take the win, though. Yeah, I think that makes some money. You guys will definitely. An interesting comparison here. So I think the New England line when they played Miami was was it 17, 16 and a half, 17? Yeah, I think it rose up almost 19. Actually, no, it did. It went into uh, 20 points because then okay. Dallas had the Jets at 21. But, so both had three touchdowns. But players. we think there's a, a three or four point difference between Pittsburgh and, and New England? Like that's like no, like this line is is way too high in my opinion. It's way too high. <laughs> my God, it's it's all the it's all the uh, uh, what are the Yinzers? The Yinzers are cranking up the line on this one because they're they're, <laughs> they're overconfident. They're looking for a win, but man, they were going to get the win, but not by that much. It works for me. I want to touch on one game because it is our sixth pick. Okay, two of your <laughs> favorite coaches, John Gruden, Bill and Brian, Bill O'Brien, Raiders and Texans. Raiders and Texans. What's the line? Six and a half. Raiders and Texans, Why six and a half. Two, three, four, Raiders five, at Texans? Raiders are at Texans, six and a half. I take Oakland there. Actually, I think that's going to be one of my favorites. Oakland can't let me down twice. Houston let me down pretty bad last week, but I'm definitely riding the Raiders on the road. Yeah, I, I, so here's the, the problem here for me. I don't know who Houston is. Right. Uh, if Houston's A team shows up, this game isn't close. If Houston has showed up last week shows up, this is, is could be <laughs> – I could see Oakland winning. Uh, Oakland's kind of an up or down team too. The one stat I'm going to stick to here: all three of Oakland's losses have been by more than 18 points, <laughs> and all Houston's last three wins have been by more than a touchdown. So I'll take Houston by the touchdown here, um, but I don't feel good about it. I'm going to take Oakland on this one. Um, I hate Gruden, but I weirdly love Oakland. I think they got a lot of talent. Uh, what's his name? Waller. Uh, tight end. Uh, yeah, Darren, dude, is Darren is, Waller, Darnell he's Waller. Not ridiculous, yeah, dude's man. insane. That guy's good. Mario Cooper, yeah. uh, Williams. They, I like the running back with Josh Jacobs, right? Yeah. yeah. Great, great talent on that team. Uh, moving on from AB was the right choice for them because it was just like, why? <laughs> why even mess around with AB when you're clearly not going to go to the playoffs this year? Um, and yet, they're. they're their record remains competitive. Let, let, let's not forget that they are ahead of the Chargers, um, despite what anybody would have possibly thought going into this year. I, I can't put a finger on them. Um, 
Who was their worst loss this year, Oakland? Well, other than Green Bay. Oakland shit the bed against a couple teams this year. They got destroyed by the Vikings. Yeah, they've been blown out by, uh, yeah, I think that's a stat. But, but, so, yeah, they, they, they come in and get beat by 30 points against the uh, Packers and then go and beat the Bears. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I hate betting Oakland. I actually hate that we have this game because <laughs> I've been struggling with putting my finger on the Texans as well. Uh, that was It's another coin flip game. Six and a half. I, th- I think we're going to steal this one from you, Derek. Yep. Um, so, guys, that is our show. And uh, if you like us, if you lasted this far, uh, please go on YouTube, like our YouTube page. Um, definitely subscribe to our podcast if, if you like this dumb shit that we're talking to you about right now. <laughs> um, help us out. I mean, we're, we're trying to do this on a permanent basis, and uh, we want to keep you guys involved. Uh, so something I went over last week, uh, even after the technical difficulties, uh, we got some cool stuff coming up. We're going to start doing some meme wars. So the way that this is going to work is we're going to have weekly contests where fans, followers actually send us memes. We're going to pin. We're going to find like the top six, top four, whatever memes that we get. I don't even know how many memes we're actually going to get. Uh, we're going to pin them against each other and we're going to determine weekly winners. So that meme is then going to go on and face the rest of the weeks for that month. So let's say next month, uh, week one, uh, you know, we, the week one winner goes against week two, week three, week four, and we determine a monthly winner. And at the end of the year, Super Bowl week, we're going to do a meme war and determine the, the yearly champion. Obviously, that's going to be a lot more exciting um, next year when we have a full football season to do this under. But um, hang with us, folks. If you got great memes, uh, send them to us, uh, especially for this contest. Uh, it's something that we want to do. We want to keep you guys involved. And if you haven't noticed, if you comment on our posts, we're probably going to comment back. We don't know how long we're going to be able to do that because we are growing pretty fast. But again, we want to keep you guys involved. We see what these other sites are doing poorly, and it's removing you guys from the equation. We never want to be that. We never want to be that site. We always want to be a site who's responsive to our followers. Um, and so we hope to always do that, and we will maintain that for as long as we can, even when we're a monster. I, I guarantee you we're going to always interact with you guys. So help us out. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Definitely follow our podcast and and give us your feedback. Let us know what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right. Anything and you want us to cover. Exactly. Anything you want us to cover. Uh, Marcus always puts his email out there. If you ever want to contact him, you can shoot us a message on the inbox. We will certainly answer it. And, um, yeah, we are not, we're not in existence without you guys, and we want you always to know that. Uh, so, Please stay involved because we're going to whatever you guys throw at us, we're going to throw it right back and we will keep you involved. Anything else, guys? That's it for me. I'm excited for the weekend, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Enjoy this week, everybody, and school Vikings.